0: hello everyone welcome back to podcast royal it is beginning to feel a lot like christmas kind of um it's not cold down here in birmingham alabama of course not the uk but um it just i don't know i'm not sure it totally feels like the christmas season but i'm here for the holiday cheer are
1: you in the christmas spirit yet jessica yeah i i definitely am i mean it is certainly a different holiday season this year it's got a different feel about it um but you know I've been doing everything I can to make it feel festive I did put up my Christmas tree this weekend so um I've got the lights going now and it definitely feels like Christmas in my house so that's good (laughs) I would say I'm in the spirit that's good yeah what are you doing for Christmas this year so I will be going to see family in Georgia. I know we talked last week on the podcast. Neither one of us did anything for Thanksgiving. Yeah. and um, So we are, we're planning to get together for Christmas. And I'm really excited about that. Christmas is on a Friday this year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it'll make for a nice little weekend holiday. What about you?
0: We will just be very low-key here in Birmingham, my family and I. And it will be very chill. Last year, we had this wonderful christmas we spent we, so we said this was going to be a tradition maybe it will be in 2021 but mm-hmm. we went out to this uh, you're i'm sure you're familiar with it jessica and any of our birmingham listeners ross bridge resort Yeah. and we stayed so we went to church we always my family tradition is to have mexican food on christmas eve i don't know how that started that tradition was started before i was born and then we went and stayed at Rossbridge and then we woke up on Christmas morning at Rossbridge and opened presents and it was lovely and we said we're doing this every year I had gotten a massage the day before at Rossbridge and then of course there's no way we're doing that again this year so um, but you know this year has made me really appreciate the simple pleasures in life and just being around family is enough of a gift we don't have to be anywhere and Speaking of Christmas is looking a little different this year, today, as promised from last week, we are going to talk about royal Christmas traditions, but with the caveat, of course, that Christmas is going to look quite different this year for the family. First of all, for the first time since 1987, which by the way, I was one and Jessica was born that year, Mm -hmm. um, for the first time since then, it will be at Windsor Castle and not at Sandringham like it usually always is. And it's going to be a very pared down Christmas in many ways, but it's pretty much just going to be the Queen and Philip together. And Um, Harry, Meghan, and Archie are going to be in California, of course, and according to Elle, it is likely that the Cambridges will not spend time with the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh this year due to the restrictions. Kensington Palace has not yet announced where the family of five will celebrate Christmas, but one option could be with Kate's parents, which they have done before. I believe the last time they did Christmas with the Middletons was in 2016, so it's not altogether uncommon but it's been a while and i've read that kate and williams said that they were going to do every christmas with the with williams family but obviously this year is different and they just want to keep the queen and philip healthy and of course they have young kids and it's just it's it's the right thing to do but as with many of us it may be the right thing to do but it doesn't mean it's the easy thing to do and also according to Elle, Charles and Camilla are expected to spend the holiday at High Grove which is their country house although I've also heard reports that they are going to spend the holiday apart with um, Camilla visiting her two older children from her first marriage to Andrew Parker Bowles. So there will be very few family members in attendance for Christmas with the Queen this year There will be no annual walk to St. Mary Magdalene Church in Sandringham, or actually in Norfolk, excuse me, for Christmas Day services, um, which is a walk that is on my bucket list to attend someday. And uh, I just love seeing the fashions. And um, but that's not happening this year because they're not even going to be there. It will be in Windsor, of course. And the Queen and Philip are just spending their holiday privately. So Um, thoughts on this Jessica it's kind of it's just it's just a weird year all the way around but it's it's definitely obviously being that the queen is 94 and Philip is 99 obviously that is the right thing to do
1: you know I was gonna say um I, I think it's interesting to talk about this um when we think about how so many people around the world are having to alter their plans this year, um, to hear the royal family is having to do that too, uh, just kind of makes them feel a little more relatable. Um, and, and you know, they always do these grand celebrations that we get to watch from afar and um, and admire. And and this year, that's going to be different for them also. And um, it's it's somewhat encouraging, I guess, for the rest of us that that it's okay to have um, to have to change your plans and do yeah. something a little bit different every now and then.
0: And I'm proud of them for doing the right thing. I mean, obviously, the main goal is to keep the queen and Philip and everyone, for that matter, but especially the two of them because of their advanced age, to keep them healthy. And there's next year, right? Philip will be a hundred. I'm speaking it into the universe that he will be healthy and well and present and the queen will be 95 and everyone will reconvene at Sandringham and talk about how they missed Christmases of yore and they'll appreciate it all the more, hopefully. So this
1: is a good reminder to to everyone out there that, you know, Christmas is not about all of the extra stuff, you know, the extra stuff make it special and fun. um, But it's not really the true meaning of why we celebrate Christmas. And and this is a good year to kind of pause from all of the extras if you're scaling back a little bit, and just really be thankful for the time that you have with your family and and to celebrate the true meaning of Christmas together.
0: That's right. That's well said. Well said. As I said before, this year has just really made me appreciate the simple pleasures in life. And Uh, While we will miss the Royals at Christmas, I'm just glad that they're all making the right decision and being safe. So, but just because they're being safe doesn't mean that the Queen and Phillips settings out at Windsor aren't absolutely beautiful. We posted on our Instagram, at Podcast Royal on Instagram, a photo of the tree at Windsor and it is absolutely beautiful They have done a great job of translating Sandringham Christmas to Windsor Christmas. According to Town & Country, the centerpiece of the castle's Christmas decor is a 20-foot high Norway spruce tree, which was sourced from Windsor Great Park. That is the photo that is on our Instagram, so go check it out. The tree sits in St. George's Hall, the largest room in the castle, and is decorated with 3,000 lights and hundreds of iridescent ornaments. And starting on December third, visitors to Windsor Castle, which I'm kind of shocked that it's open to the public, but it is, um, visitors can also view the jaw-dropping tree, which took Royal Collection Trust staff two full days to decorate. And while the 20-foot spruce might be the most impressive tree in Windsor Castle, town and country continues, it is by no means the only one. In the inner hall sits another Christmas tree, decorated with shimmering lights and ornaments. The space created by George IV in the 1820s as an area to greet official guests is now the first room visitors see when they enter the castle. Once again, Jessica, how I wish I was in the UK and could pop over to Windsor and see this again. I am kind of surprised that it is open to the public, but I assume that they are following social distancing guidelines and are being safe. And obviously there's no way that the public will see the queen and Philip likely. Um, But would you go if you were in the UK?
1: I I think I know the answer to this. (laughs) Definitely. I mean, Uh, me too. I I don't know if I could stay away. If I was, you know, able to travel that distance to be over there, I think I would definitely take a day trip over and check it out. Um, I saw the picture on Instagram and it looks just like my tree at my house obviously right <laughs> it's all just of our about-
0: trees are 20 foot tall spruces and with 3000 lights and that's that's how we do things in, in our about- friendly neighborhood living i rooms. think it's i think it's 14 feet taller than my tree <laughs> <laughs> and it's 20 feet taller than my tree because i currently don't have a tree so <laughs> Um, my invisible tree in the corner. I need to get it together because uh, we're recording this on December 7th. So I've got I've to get it together. Um, I'm getting into the holiday spirit and, um, and I hope all of you listeners are as well. So let's take a trip down memory lane, shall we? Um, as I said before, the last time the family celebrated Christmas at Windsor was in 1987. So it's been a while. And We're going to look back to a little bit of normalcy for our first segment of the podcast and reminisce on Christmas's past at Sandringham. So if you know one thing and one thing only about the queen, you know she is a woman of tradition. This is a woman that eats the same breakfast every day. And someday on the podcast, we'll talk about her morning routine. She is a creature of habit. She does the same thing day after day. So obviously it would make sense that she has the same traditions that she follows year after year on Christmas. So Jessica will talk in a little bit about how to make your Christmas a little bit more royal, but these Christmas traditions have been celebrated for most, if not all, of the Queen's 94 years of life and will likely carry on long after she's gone, assuming there's no more COVID, of course, please God, no. So one would think that that family would spend Christmas at Buckingham Palace, but they don't. Uh, They all trek out to Sandringham House in Norfolk. Starting in the 1960s, Christmas was typically spent at Windsor, which of course is where they are this year and where they also spend Easter every year. But since 1988, when Windsor was being rewired, they've been heading out to Sandringham instead. Sandringham is a country retreat that has been owned by the family since 1862 and is 100 miles north of London. Not everyone gets to come to Sandringham. The Sandringham guest list is very small. So the queen hosts a lunch at Buckingham Palace about a week before Christmas for those who won't be there for the actual day. And so as with everything in this family, order is important. I think this is so interesting. The family arrives in a specific order at specific times on Christmas Eve with the more junior Royals arriving first and the final guests who arrive being Charles and Camilla, Charles being of course, the heir to the throne. So the queen for her part is already there by Christmas Eve. She arrives a little earlier than Christmas Eve and always arrives by train per tradition Arriving at Kings Lynn Station in Norfolk. And we'll talk, speaking of trains, we'll talk about trains a little bit more in the Royal Rundown in our second segment. So once everyone gets to Sandringham on Christmas Eve, the younger members of the family put the finishing touches on the Christmas trees together. They then open their presents on Christmas Eve per German tradition. Gifts are exchanged at tea time and afterwards they have a black tie dinner. Jessica, does your family do Christmas Eve presents or Christmas
1: morning presents? We wait until Christmas morning. Um, oh. When I was a child, my grandmother, I think there were a few years where she would let me open one present on Christmas Eve. Um, and my my parents always gave my sister and I a pair of Christmas pajamas that we could wear Christmas Eve. But mm-hmm. um, but we waited till Christmas morning to open our main gifts.
0: Yeah, same here. We we do Christmas morning as well. There's nothing quite like waking up on Christmas morning. It might be, I'm not a morning person. It might be the one morning out of the year where I spring out of bed. And I'm so excited to start the day. When I was a little <laughs> kid, I used to get up at five or so in the morning and I would have to go back to bed and then come back at a more reasonable hour to open presents. That's how excited I was. That is not normal for me, by the way. I'm not someone... That anyone could ever accuse of bringing out of bed.
1: <laughs> My so, was a little backwards I feel like as a child I was always I was a night owl anyway but yeah. on Christmas Eve I just could not get to sleep so by the time the morning uh-huh. rolled around I was pretty tired and um, I usually I think I probably slept in a little more than the average kid on Christmas morning. <laughs> what time would you guys start presents? I'm just curious um I would say probably around 9 a.m oh that's so late I'm <laughs> telling you
0: I was chomping at the bit at five and my mom would say you've got to go back to sleep until at least seven <laughs> we we were a pretty structured house and so um and she I don't think is a morning person either and I know she's listening so she'll yeah she'll razz me for saying that my
1: mom, but, my mom definitely likes to sleep in as well
0: yeah so um but anyway, so, Back in days of yore, and this is even pre 2019 because, of course, we know that Harry and Megan were not at Sandringham last year for Christmas. William and Harry used to square off in a soccer match, which is football to them on Christmas Eve afternoon so members of the staff at Sandringham made up the teams and Williams team were Aston Villa I think i'm saying that right i'm not really a soccer person socks, which is his favorite team he's a diehard he's obsessed and Harry's team wore Arsenal socks. So, of course, that hasn't happened in at least a year, and I don't know if it happened in 2018, but hopefully that tradition will happen again someday, but who knows about that. Just getting back to Sandringham would be enough at this point. So, Mm -hmm. the family is notorious for giving each other gag gifts for Christmas. I think Jessica mentioned this last week on the podcast. So, It makes sense because what do you really get? The queen who has everything at her disposal, right? So um, keeping with the fun, the family also plays a rowdy game of charades on Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve is very busy at Sandringham. They go to sleep. And then at Christmas morning, the male members of the family eat a big breakfast downstairs together like eggs and bacon. And the women are typically served a breakfast of fruit, toast and coffee in their rooms, which I (laughs)
1: found interesting. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think that's interesting too. You know, when I think about that, I wonder if that's like a hard and fast rule or if it's, you know, do the do the guys want some alone time together on Christmas morning and that's why they do that? I mean, I, I do have to say as much as I would like to be included on, on a full breakfast, if I was about to have to walk to church in front of a big crowd of people and I had to do hair and makeup and everything, I probably would only have time for toast and fruit as well. <laughs> yeah, that's what I
0: was about to say. That actually really kind of got under my skin until I remembered that oh yeah the ladies are in hair and makeup and getting ready for the Christmas walkabout to church at St. Mary Magdalene Church in Sandringham. Many onlookers of course often show up to see the family walk in and so that's probably why the guys are downstairs. Guys y'all just have it so easy Uh, but the ladies are upstairs getting their hair done, getting their makeup done, getting ready for church and then after church at one o'clock on christmas day the family sits down for their christmas lunch they eat a traditional meal of turkey mashed and roast potatoes stuffing brussels sprouts and cranberry sauce and then at 2 p.m i, I bet it's like at exactly 2.00.00 <laughs> 0, 0, 0, 0. The traditional Christmas pudding is brought in and served with brandy butter and brandy sauce. That sounds delicious. The royals eat this meal year after year and interestingly the Christmas day menu is written in French and I don't know why. Uh, Hmm. Do you know why Jessica? I don't. That's really interesting. Somebody comment on an Instagram post or email us and let us know because or I'll, I'll try to find it more but it's written in French. So after lunch, the entire family sits down to watch the Queen's Christmas Day speech, which is broadcast across the nation at 3 p.m. The speech is typically pre recorded at Buckingham Palace before the Queen heads out to Sandringham. It's not live. I did not know that. I guess I could have figured that. So she gets to watch it with her family, which is really special. And I hope that they're going to still have that this year. I remember back in the early part of COVID the Queen gave that lovely message about we will meet again. So I know she has the capabilities, but I also know she has not been at Buckingham Palace. Not that they couldn't record at Windsor, but she's not been at Buckingham Palace for a long time. So do you think they'll have the Christmas Day message this year?
1: Yeah, I think they will. I mean, especially this year, people need to hear it more than ever. I think people yeah. are really anticipating her message. And I think it will be something that will lift everyone's spirits and, and people will look forward to. I can't I, I would be surprised if they didn't do it.
0: Yeah, that's it's happened since nineteen fifty-seven. So I can't imagine like you just said, this year more than ever, we need the Christmas broadcast. So it's a tradition. Um dating back to 1932, excuse me, the televised speeches have been since 1957. So this is the tradition that is coming up on 100 years old. 1932 is when they began. The queen was only six, and her father, uh, King George V, delivered the first address. The queen was the first and, of course, the only monarch to deliver a televised broadcast, and as I said, those started in 1957. So I'm sure that the family is still pretty full for, from Christmas lunch, but they do have a Christmas dinner. It's a buffet and there is an annual tradition where the queen gives a glass of whiskey to the senior chef, which he or she enjoys with the entire family. I think that's sweet. Don't you? I do. Yeah. And then on Christmas night, the family hosts a film night in the ballroom at Sandringham. I wonder what kind of movies they watch. What are you, what does the queen like to watch, I wonder? Are we watching yeah. like James Bond? Cause she like did that thing with James Bond at the Olympics in 2012,
1: <laughs> like what are we watching? I are wonder they- if they're Christmas movies or uh-huh. if they're, you know, some other type of movie. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean they have but- to be family friendly. I'm sure oh, yeah because yeah. there's little kids
0: there's like George and Charlotte and Louie and running around and so there you got you have to entertain people of all ages, all the way from 99 mm-hmm. to literally two years old, so mm-hmm. you have to, you have to pick a, a movie that works for everyone, although I'm Louie might be asleep by this point I don't know, but. <sighs> So it's, it's a long day, so everybody's probably tired. So uh, so that's Christmas Day. So we've got Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and then on Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas, December 26th in the UK, the family, of course, in per tradition, heads out on a pheasant shoot. So most of the royals stay at Sandringham through the new year. That's a long time to be <laughs> with, your, with your family. Um, I mean, as if Sandringham, it's not like they're in cramped quarters, right? So there, this is not a small a small place. This is not a log cabin in the woods together where you're on top of each other. But uh, the Queen and Prince Philip stay all the way until February 6th each year to honor the Queen's father, who died on that day at Sandringham in 1952. The Christmas decorations actually stay up the entire time that they are there. So... Wow. Um, So she stays out there until the sixth to honor her father, who, of course, meant everything to her. And um, and I think that's so touching. The queen is a pretty stoic woman, but she's got a heart in there and it's pretty beautiful. So Um, and she she loves tradition. I think that some of her most thoughtful moments have come through the traditions that she does year after year. So I don't
1: know how you feel about this, but that whole schedule um, seems a little rigid for me. I mean, you know, normally yeah. for my family, Christmas is pretty laid back. And um, I, I mean, I feel like it's it's a little bit tiring hearing their schedule. I mean, I, I think yeah. maybe if they spend through New Year at Sandringham, those days following Boxing Day must be pretty relaxed and low-key. I get would a- hope so. Break. Because, I mean, they're, I mean, it almost feels like they're working on Christmas Day.
0: Well, they are. I mean, they're, they're out in the public, you know, mm-hmm. they're fully dressed. And, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little bit in the middle. I love structure. I love a good schedule. But I also love to relax and be lazy, too. So, you know, you know I think you know probably what you're in for, for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Boxing Day. But like you said, I hope that the days after the twenty-sixth until the new year are low key. They probably go hunting. They I I hope that they just get a moment to just be a family and just be mm-hmm.
1: themselves and unwind a little bit. Well, and I think the, you know, the work aspect of Christmas Day, the, you know, walking to church for everyone to see them and and broadcasting the speech and, and everything they've got to do I mean I know they get joy from doing that yeah. um, and all the cheer that that brings everyone so I think it's a joyous day no matter what but it's certainly it's certainly one that you would be ready for a good night's sleep at the oh, end oh <laughs> yeah that's a long
0: day with Christmas Eve because you're traveling on Christmas Eve unless you're the queen and so that's a long day and then you know of course that night is the big family night, your opening presents. And then of course the next day is jam packed. So, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not gonna turn down an invitation if I were offered one, even though it might be a little <laughs> a little rigid. I'm, I'm, I'm available always. Me too. <laughs> if anybody wants to have me out for Christmas, we'll make it work. So if, uh, obviously the whole family and like meaning the extended family cannot be out there. Um, And nor can all of their associates and friends. So every year, the Queen and Philip send around 750 Christmas cards, typically featuring a family photo. I cannot wait. I, I truly find joy in the Cambridge Christmas card every year. And now the Sussex Christmas card. I can't wait. I certainly hope they're do. I, I can't imagine that they're not doing a Christmas card. Well, I was
1: going to ask if you thought the Sussexes would release one this year. I mean, they're not on Instagram right now, so yeah. I'm not sure where they would release it unless we saw it through a media outlet somewhere. The Cambridges, yes, I think they will, but the Sussexes,
0: yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think they'll probably keep their card private. Um, which is sad because I want to see Archie. I haven't seen Archie in so long. And I, need, I know, I mean, I you know, the way Archie so fast, um, at that age, yeah. so, love to see him again. I know I need my, may, I don't know, crazier. Maybe they'll, Oh, I just thought of this. I just thought of this. Maybe they'll put it on the new Archie website.
1: Maybe so. You
0: know, there's like not much there right now. And so maybe they will put that up. Oh my gosh. You want to talk about people coming to your website?
1: Happy. yeah
0: oh. just in case anybody's listening from the you know their team that's a good idea i'm just saying <laughs> it kind of came to me so who gets one of the queen and phillips cards family friends and members of the royal household and sometimes british politicians so we'll have to see usually the christmas cards come out around um the, the middle of the month so around between the 15th and the 20th of the, of the month. So I will be watching maybe this time next week when we're recording episode 4 we will have a christmas card to talk about. So also the queen gives a christmas pudding to her staff which is about 1500 in total continuing a tradition started by her father and her grandfather. I think I said earlier that her uh, father was king george the 5th. I'm sorry I misspoke her grandfather is King George the her father is King George the So along with every pudding is a card. Staff also gets a choice between a gift token or a book token for their Christmas gift and the value of their voucher increases with each year they've served the Royal family. Interesting. Um, the queen being the philanthropic woman that she is donates money to several charities for Christmas and gives Christmas trees to Westminster Abbey, St. Paul's Cathedral, St. Giles Cathedral, and the Canongate Kirk in Edinburgh. The queen also gives trees to churches and schools in Sandringham to honor the fact that that is where they spend Christmas every year. So speaking of Christmas trees, we just said that there are two Christmas trees, at least in Windsor, but there are three trees in Buckingham Palace, all fir trees and a tradition started by Queen Victoria, they reside in the marble hall and at Sandringham, the family has a large Christmas tree and a large silver artificial tree in the dining room. So Merry Christmas, everyone, almost. Um, we're talking about it a little early, but it's fun to look back at Christmas's past. And who knows? I, I mean, I hope that this year will, it will be a quiet Christmas for for the family and for most of us, but that doesn't mean that it can't be special. And in a minute, Jessica is going to give you some tips on how you can make your Christmas royally special. So any last words on Sandringham Christmases
1: of years past, Jessica? I mean, I think it's just fun to hear all of that. Everybody loves talking about Christmas's past with their own families. And when we've watched the royal family celebrate Christmas year after year, um, it's fun to reminisce on those memories as well. Absolutely. So from podcast royal to your home,
0: merry early Christmas and many happy returns. So We're going to move right into our second segment which of course is the royal rundown our segment on the royal news of the week i don't have much this week which kind of honestly thank god after the really heavy week of news we had last week so last monday when we recorded we were recording two weeks worth of news of course we only have one week of news this week and it's been a relatively quiet week but I'm really excited about William and Kate's and their train tour. So they, as I said, we're recording this on Monday, December 7th. So the Cambridges, just William and Kate, not the kids departed yesterday, Sunday, December 6th on the Royal train for a 1200 mile trip around the UK to recognize the work of frontline healthcare workers as well as volunteers, teachers and school children who have gone above and beyond to serve their communities amidst COVID. They are stopping in England, Scotland, and Wales during the tour, which will wrap up on Tuesday, December 8th, which is tomorrow as we are recording this, but that will be yesterday when you're listening to this on Wednesday. That's very confusing. Anyway, it's a three-day trip. Um, I read today that they are actually, so I've seen pictures of the Royal Trains accommodations and the beds are not big. And so William and Kate are actually reportedly sleeping in separate rooms, not because of anything other than the beds are like a twin mm-hmm. at best. And so, so I, I had hoped that they would get this like really romantic time away from the kids on the royal train, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, have you ever been on a train? Just curious.
1: Not an overnight one that I've slept on, but when I was in England, we went um, back and forth from London to the town that we were staying in by train. Nice. So when I was really broke in graduate school, I couldn't afford airfare
0: to go home from Mississippi where I was in school at Ole Miss to Kansas, which is where I'm from. And so I got a $105 train ticket and the train left Memphis at around 10 o'clock at night and got into Kansas City about eight, nine the next day. So I have taken an overnight train trip I was not in a sleeper car. It was um, it was an interesting experience. It was not nearly as luxurious as it looks from nineteen forties movies. Would I do it again? Maybe, but that is a long, long trip. But I have been on a train, and
1: I invest in a bed next time if you do it again.
0: Yeah, I would get um, and then so you so and I don't want to go too far off on this tangent but there's the dining car and you think oh you're gonna go there and there's gonna be like white linen tablecloths <laughs> and like you know silver and no like they served um, hot dogs <laughs> and chips and uh, formica tables and so anyway the the illusion of the romantic train trip is is up but anyway they're on the train which I think is cool. So they are spending Sunday night and Monday night on the train. And if you'll remember back, one of, I think this, is one of Megan's first engagements after they got married or right before they got married, Megan did an engagement aboard the royal train with the queen. Do you remember that? I can yeah, see what she's I wearing. The fun fact, Harry has never been on the train. So, um, I think that's interesting that, Megan made it on the train before he did so
1: um
0: so speaking of the Sussexes as the Cambridges spread Christmas cheer the Sussexes are in the spirit as well they went Christmas tree shopping in California this is so funny to me a little boy mistook Harry for an employee of the Christmas tree farm which I'm sure was like the coolest thing ever for Harry who's so down to earth and He doesn't want to be called Prince Harry. He just wants to be Harry. And this little boy comes up to him and and is asking him questions about Christmas trees. And I just think that is the cutest thing. Showing how relatable Harry is, obviously not giving off the air of, I'm a royal prince of the United Kingdom. And so I bet that he got the biggest laugh out of that. So my last news item of the week is I... Hoped we could escape this week without any sad news, but sadly, the queen has lost her dog Vulcan just days after Lupo's death. Vulcan was a dorgie, which is a mixture of a corgi and a dachshund. Am I saying that right? A dachshund. A dachshund. <laughs> okay, that's embarrassing. All the do- I'm I am a dog person, but apparently, I can't say that word. Anyway vulcan was the second to last of the queen's famous pack of dogs only one dog candy remains so that's sad but that is the royal rundown for the week so i'm handing it right on over to jessica
1: before i jump into my segment um i did want to mention the royal train tour um i actually Really loved seeing that. I was following along on the Kensington Royal Instagram. And mm-hmm. if you don't, um, definitely go follow them and, and check in on their stories because they've got some really fun stuff on on stories. And they actually stopped at a school um, and they had a surprise visit from a real reindeer and oh, loved it. I loved seeing fun. the sing and celebrate with them and it felt like they brought a little bit of normalcy, um, you know, to a time when things just don't feel normal. And, and for that moment, it really did. It felt like, you know, yeah. it's Christmas season. So I really loved that. That's awesome.
0: I think that's so creative and such a unique way to handle COVID because they can be socially distanced. They don't have to get on a plane. And it just feels, it feels good. It just feels like this is a very, very good thing for the Cambridges to be doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's something that the public really needs right now. I think it's going to boost morale and 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 get everyone in the Christmas season and, and get everyone feeling happy and, and energized again. So I think it's definitely a good thing. I love it. Well, we'll jump into this next segment. So, today we're going to talk about how to celebrate the Christmas season like a royal. So, the royal family's holiday season is quite a busy time of year. Um, You know, it's filled with work and personal engagements. And, you know, while a lot of the personal parts of the season are kept private for the family to enjoy, a lot of their activity is shared with the public, like we just talked about. So, we do know a good bit about their annual traditions. We just talked about Sandringham um, and then we also get glimpses into the beautifully decorated royal residences. So today I'm going to take from these traditions that we see each year and help you apply them to your own life in a way that maybe hopefully brings a little bit of royal holiday cheer to your Christmas season wherever in the world you are. So my first one here um, on the list is, this Christmas season, I recommend donating to an organization that is meaningful to you. Every year, we know the queen makes donations to a handful of carefully selected charities in Windsor, and she donates Christmas trees to several schools and churches around Sandringham. Next on the list is to visit a local tree farm to find a live Christmas tree for your home. So as we've talked about, the royal residences across the UK are decorated with locally grown live trees, um, some close to 20 feet tall, like we, like we talked about <laughs> earlier. Um, and I think there's just something really special about a real Christmas tree. So if you haven't already gotten yours this year and, and decorated it, um, I recommend grabbing your family or some close friends and taking a day trip out to a tree farm and, and picking out a tree and make memories together. Do Do you do real
0: trees or artificial trees?
1: Do I? Yeah. I get a real tree every year. So when I first got my first apartment and started working, I was in a small place and I had a small artificial tree. And then when I moved into my current place and had a little more room, I decided I was going to get a real tree every year. So I'm on my third Christmas in this place and um, I actually go pick one out every year. I'm really impressed by you because I rock that
0: fake Christmas tree (laughs) every year. That's, it takes work because it's so messy.
1: Well, the real trees, I definitely enjoy the smell of a real Christmas tree. Yes, that's true. I will say they're not as difficult to bring into your home and set up as you would think. Um, I mean, you have to find one that you can pick up and move around the hardest part is getting it in the stand but you know everyone at the tree place will help you get it in your car or tied on top or whatever so it's not too bad you know just find one you can manage I don't recommend a 20-foot tree but (laughs) not all of us can be 20-foot tree people But if you do have an artificial tree at home, I recommend this year either leave it in storage or set it up in another room in your house and make the live tree the main focal point um, and decorate it as a family. You know, every year the queen saves a few ornaments for the great-grandchildren to help put on the tree. So if you have kids or grandkids, get them involved and, and make it a fun little evening for the family. So next on the list is to send personal Christmas cards. Your Christmas card list doesn't have to be as extensive as Her Majesty's. Um, I mean, I don't know about you, Rachel, but I don't think I could come up with 700 people to send a Christmas card to. Uh, I don't think so, unless we were going real deep on the archives. (laughs) But this is, uh, this tradition is really a great way to send a thoughtful note to friends and family, you know, especially after such a challenging year, where we felt so distanced from others, you really just don't know whose spirit might be lifted by receiving a card. Um, You know, so I recommend including a photo if you can and write a personal handwritten note. Um, That just makes it all the more special. And I would say that this gift is probably one that costs the least, but Maybe means the most to a lot of people. I love getting Christmas
0: cards. I got three this weekend and it brings me so much joy to
1: go to the mailbox and get something other than a bill. (laughs) I know, yes. I display mine every year. Did you know, Rachel, that every year the queen spends almost $40,000 on Christmas gifts? Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) That's (laughs) Um, hashtag her majesty life. I mean, that does include gifts for all of her staff, too, um, and, and all the cards and everything that has to go out, but that is quite a budget for Christmas gifts.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a little more than my Christmas budget this year.
1: Moving on, I recommend the next, um, the next thing you can do to, to channel the Royals this year would be to consider taking your family on a quiet getaway for Christmas. So, you know, as we know, the family escapes to Sandringham every year, except for this year, um, and they celebrate the holiday together. So you may consider researching some places you can travel easily for the week of Christmas, like a cabin in the mountains or some other quiet option where you can celebrate um, with your family and without all of the normal distractions that we have, like social media and work and school um, go on Airbnb or VRBO for some affordable and accessible properties. You know, it doesn't have to be a castle. You can <laughs> um, you can have a nice Christmas in in a small cabin with your family. And the great thing about that is you don't have to be around the crowds. You can still socially distance um, and and be together as a family. Also, this year, I recommend attending a Christmas service at your local church. Um, Many churches do either a Christmas day or a Christmas Eve service. So if you don't have a church that you regularly attend, pick one near you and go for a visit. Um, In my experience, uh, they always welcome a new face. Uh, The neighborhood church actually near my family's home is a really small older church um, and every christmas eve they do a candlelight service Uh, we always go we can walk there from my parents house it's literally almost across the street Um, and we gather and we sing classic christmas hymns like silent night and away in a manger there's usually a short Christmas message and then we end with everyone in the church lighting a candle um, and singing together. So that is one of my favorite Christmas traditions and it really gets me in the Christmas spirit. Now the Royal Family, as we mentioned, they go to St. Mary Magdalene in Sandringham. So the church is actually described on the Royal Family's website as a country church. Um, and, And maybe it is in comparison to somewhere like Westminster Abbey. Um, but it's actually quite stately and beautiful. Um, it's not a country online. church. Yes.
0: No.
1: <laughs> not it might like be my in the country countryside, country. but it's not a country church. It's <laughs> beautiful. If you look up a picture online, you'll see it has a brown exterior. It's trimmed in beige. It's got an orange-colored roof, um, and it has a, a tower right up in the front. And the building also includes several arched doorways and stained glass windows. Um, so it's really quite a beautiful church. Now, this year, since the Queen and Prince Philip are celebrating at Windsor Castle, they have arranged to have a private church service at St. George's Chapel. Um, so, I do, you know, since this year is a funny year, if for some reason you're not able to get out and attend a church service in person, um, definitely at a minimum, look for one that's streaming online so you can at least participate from afar. Okay, next on the list, I recommend making traditional royal Christmas food. So the royal family loves Christmas treats around the holidays. And last year, they actually shared a royal recipe for cinnamon stars on their Instagram. uh, So followers can make it home. I actually haven't made these, Rachel, but I did look at the photo and the cinnamon stars. They look like star-shaped cookies decorated with white icing. Yep. So there's a recipe on the website um, for those, as well as Christmas gingerbread biscuits, which Mm -hmm. if you're in America, They just look like gingerbread cookies. Um, They're not in the shape of gingerbread men. Like we see a lot over here, they were cut into shapes like bells and Christmas ornaments. They were very pretty. They also had one other recipe for mince pies. Um, And this recipe, I looked at it to see how difficult it would be to make. And it includes quite the selection of alcohol. Mm -hmm. So in this recipe alone, it calls for brandy, port, rum, and sherry. What? yeah I so mean, i mean in a mince pie yeah, yeah wow yeah i don't know i don't know about you but i don't have all of this sitting around my house so that would be quite an expensive recipe to put together um wow i just do you do you enjoy any of those regularly or, or drink any of those brandy port rum or sherry no <laughs> me neither i can count on
0: i'm not a, i'm not a hard liquor person i'm a champagne and prosecco and moscato kind of girl. So, I can count on one hand probably the times that I've had all of those in my life.
1: Yeah, definitely me too. Maybe a sip here and there but I'm more of a red wine or a champagne kind of girl. So, yeah, and uh, I
0: definitely don't have them hanging out in my house.
1: No. <laughs> I don't even know what
0: port is. Maybe I'm just not a big drinker, but I don't even know what port is. So, yeah, no. And that's, that's a hell of a mince pie. Let me tell you, you think you're just eating some good grub and you end up on the floor. And I'm, I'm sure it's flavorful. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure so, keep the kids away from the mince pie.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Adults only. Mm-hmm. Yeah, none of these recipes are particularly healthy, but at Christmas, you know, we do usually splurge and eat something special that we normally wouldn't eat throughout the year. So we'll link recipes um, for each of these online and you can try them out or if you want to make healthier versions, go for it and let us know what you come up with and and how you like it. Um, Rachel, is there any favorite Christmas food that you look forward to each year?
0: Well, I think I mentioned earlier that on Christmas Eve, my family has this tradition of going for Mexican food. And I really don't know that story I should ask, but, um, or if I, if I know it, I've forgotten, but I love Mexican food. So I'm never going to turn down Mexican food. And then on Christmas day, we typically have your traditional ham with all of the sides and just all the deliciousness. And I don't know if we're going to do that this year. So it's, it's going to be interesting, but, um, you know, like Jessica said, we try to be pretty health conscious throughout the year, but uh, it's Christmas. And not only is it Christmas, it's Christmas in a pandemic. So mm-hmm. let your hair down a little bit, have some mince pie, if that's what suits you and just enjoy, enjoy some some good eats because I think we all deserve it.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah, we do. Um, our Christmas food is usually, a lot of different hors d'oeuvres and, and finger foods. I do have a few favorites that I look forward to every year because it's really the only time of year I eat them. Yeah. Um, so one, you know, my grandmother is from England. So every year she makes an English trifle mm. at Christmas and it is so delicious. I need mm. to get her recipe and and make this because I dig in every single year. It is such a good Christmas dish um
0: by the way I forgot to mention this and my mom is probably screaming at the podcast right now that (laughs) we have a traditional Christmas dessert in our family too and it's called white lightning and I need to get that recipe but it's uh white chocolate covered over nuts uh we put Captain Crunch in there wow oh what I would not do for like three white lightnings and it's so easy that even i can make it and so that oh my gosh that's a christmas tree for us and we always have punch we always have punch christmas punch and it's and it's not spiked like 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 we like before uh, with the mince pie or whatever but um uh so many traditions are are beautiful and I, i'm a big fan of the holidays
1: yeah, me too. Um, my, my grandmother also makes, you know, the one that you mentioned reminded me of this. She makes um, these little, they're like clusters of cornflake cereal covered in Cadbury milk chocolate. Oh, and then they're in the no. refrigerator and the chocolate hardens and they're like in little cupcake cups and they're man. so delicious. I mean, I could eat the entire batch in one sitting. Um, every year I always ask her to make those. So uh, it's something I look forward to today mm-hmm. is actually my grandmother's 80th birthday. Happy so, birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday to my grandmother. I'm going to be happy. Get birth- happy oh, birthday. Get <laughs> so, OK, we'll we'll get back to our list here. Um, and the next thing you can do as you're as you're feeling inspired by royal family holiday traditions is to host a Christmas party and also help those in need. So normally during Christmas, Prince Charles and Camilla host critically ill children at Clarence House, and they have them decorate their Christmas tree, and then the tree decorating is followed by a party where they serve lunch. Um, I think last year, actually, Camilla served bangers and mash, if I remember correctly. Very traditional traditional English dish. Right, and and I guess sort of kid-friendly, too. Last year the kids in attendance were with Helen and Douglas House and Raw Dolls Marvelous Children's Charity, both of which Camilla is a patron. So I do like that she was really actively involved with organizations that that she is a patron of. Um, And if you're inspired by this tradition, consider hosting a Christmas party. I know this year might not be the year to do it, but maybe in in years to come, um, or maybe you can do a virtual party somehow. But host a party and ask your guests to bring um, toy donations um, or coats as part of a coat drive. Prior to the party, you know, research some organizations in your area that accept new toys or new or gently used coats and arrange for you to drop these off following your party. And then be sure to let guests know where their donations are going so they know what they're helping. Um, I know a lot of times we do like Secret Santa or something like that at parties, but maybe you can opt for um, a toy drive or a coat drive instead. Next on the list, we've got um, Christmas dinner. So don't skip this. Uh, Christmas for a lot of people, you know, is usually either a day spent in PJs, opening gifts and watching movies, or it's packed full of activities from visiting family to playing games. And, you know, whichever camp you kind of fall into, it can be really easy to overlook mealtimes and, and just snack on candy and hors d'oeuvres throughout the day. But this year, I recommend setting aside some time to make Christmas dinner a royal affair. So get creative, um, put together a festive tablescape. You can add small tabletop Christmas trees to your table. You can fill it with candles and the best plates and utensils that you have. So try to skip the paper plates and the plastic forks. And um, if you have like a nice china that's been passed down to you and and real silver, go all out. If not, use uh, the nicest stuff you have. You know, some of the dishes that we mentioned earlier that the royal family commonly has on Christmas is turkey or ham, roast potatoes, Brussels sprouts, cranberry sauce, this is all very similar to the American Thanksgiving meal. So if you're tired of Thanksgiving food and you want to mix it up, who's Thanksgiving food, by the way, (laughs) it's my, well, it's my favorite meal of the year, but I know a lot of people eat on it that entire week and then they're just kind of sick of it after a while. So I definitely understand that. That's just silly. (laughs) But if you are tired of Thanksgiving food, Um, Consider taking these sort of traditional sides and customizing them a little bit or spicing them up. So I read an article recently uh, where they interviewed Chef Darren McGrady, who was chef for Queen Elizabeth, and he has cooked their Christmas meals before at Sandringham, and he talked about ways that he spiced up traditional food for them. So maybe you can take inspiration from this. So we mentioned Brussels sprouts. Um, you know, maybe at Thanksgiving you had steamed Brussels sprouts or roasted Brussels sprouts. Maybe for Christmas you can do, um, you know, take a, a cue from him and do shredded Brussels sprouts with bacon and onion, or you can, you know, roast them with with bacon and maple syrup, or you know, just spice them up somehow, make them a little bit different than your standard green side dish. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also add. Appetizers with your meal, like cheese and crackers. Um, The Royal Family also does a potted shrimp dip, which is. Mm, I love shrimp. I do too. And this is like a, it's like chopped cooked shrimp and it's kind of a warm dip and a little small bowl and they serve it with toast that you can dip in the shrimp. And it kind of looks like a bisque or a chowder to I me. I
0: love bisque. Oh my gosh. I yeah.
1: Love yeah. So, I mean, I would recommend Google around, find some recipes similar to this and, and put that on your menu. Um, and then another one that I thought was interesting. So at Buckingham Palace, apparently they serve bubble and squeak fairly often. Do you know what that is, Rachel? I have no idea what that is. (laughs) Um, So traditionally, Bubble and Squeak is cooked cabbage and mashed potatoes. You mix it together and press them into the bottom of a frying pan and kind of sear it almost like a little cake of potatoes and cabbage. Um, But Chef McGrady mixed it up a little at Christmas and instead of doing cabbage he did mashed potatoes with kale and goat cheese um so it sounds absolutely delicious that could either be really good or really
0: terrible (laughs) I mean if if this is the queen chef it's going to be delicious but yeah
1: I mean that's intriguing we'll just put it that way I love goat cheese. So to me, I love goat cheese. And I do know some people are funny about it. Like, I I personally don't like blue cheese. I love blue Um, cheese. Yeah. I think some people feel that way about goat cheese, but I've never met a cheese that I did not like. We'll just put it that way. You know, actually, this version of bubble and squeak kind of seems a little bit like something Meghan Markle would like.
0: It does, doesn't it? And why I wonder why they call it that. Ovens. um because of the, the sounds it makes. it makes when you cook it yeah
1: interesting <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to make this and I'm gonna have to come try it I'm down definitely um I'm always open to a new recipe so we'll plan that one out I like it See, we can do like um we'll have to do like British foods and mm-hmm. we'll we'll do like fish, fish and chips and and- yeah Dangers and mash and we'll and add bubble fish. and squeak and we'll, we'll try all of them. Um, so, yeah. yeah, now actually my, I do fish and chips very regularly at home. Um, but I do my version, which is a healthier version. So, um, I try to go gluten-free and I actually batter the fish in almond flour and spices and then pan fry them in avocado oil Mm. and I'll make homemade sweet potato fries and it is so good. Uh, Okay, you need to invite me over the next time you make that. Yeah, definitely. incredible. I will. will. So the last item on our list um, is to decorate your home like a royal. So I kind of looked online at, you know, all the different areas um, across the UK that that the royals decorate. And, you know, a couple of them were Buckingham Palace, Windsor Castle, and Sandringham. So Sandringham decor is generally a little bit more understated and more of their personal decor items are there. Windsor, we know they have their 20-foot tree, lots of red ornaments, lots of lights. And then Buckingham Palace also has lots of lights, um, red and gold crowns, little carriages, velvet bows. So I went through all of that and tried to take some inspiration. And I've got a few items on here that you can kind of follow along in your own home. So I first recommend when it comes to garland, the more the merrier. Think through your house and all of the places that you can add garland, whether that be A fireplace mantle over your front door, along your stair stair railings, down the center of your dining table. I mean, there are really a lot of places for that. And as we mentioned before, get natural if you can. Um, If you have to go artificial, that's fine too. Um, And then incorporate floral arrangements. The Royals enjoy seasonal floral arrangements um, incorporated into their residences throughout the year. And, you know, as you think of you know in spring and summer you like to bring flowers in your home well the same goes for winter bring in greenery um, poinsettias other seasonal foliage that you can incorporate into your decor next on the item is to set the mood with lights so light up your christmas tree with christmas lights add a strand of fairy lights to your centerpiece light candles on your mantle or in your fireplace or at your christmas dinner table um, and that will really help set the mood so you don't have to have your overhead lighting quite so bright, you can dim those and mm-hmm. kind of give it a, a fancy ambiance. Next is you cannot go wrong with gold. So whether it's, um, you know, Buckingham Palace or Clarence House or Windsor Castle, we see lots of gold ornaments and ribbons. Um, to me, gold is a great base holiday decor color. It sort of acts as a neutral. It, it really goes with everything and it catches the light and it sparkles. You can always dress it up with another complimenting color like red or green, but start with gold and, um, and kind of go from there. I also recommend incorporating velvet into your Christmas decor. So velvet is a classic rich fabric that gives off a truly royal vibe. So look online and see if you can buy a big spool of velvet ribbon and try tying bows on your garland um, or on wreaths or even wrapping velvet ribbons around your Christmas presents under the tree. Um, That to me is something that is not super obvious, but when you notice it, it makes all the difference. And then decorate with fruit and nuts. So throughout the years, the royal family has decorated by mixing in sugared fruit in their wreaths and Christmas trees and other foliage. Um, You can generally find like artificial berries or pears or oranges um, at most craft shops. And a lot of them already come with that artificial sugary coating on them. Or if you wanna get crafty, you can make your own. Um, There are tutorials online of, of how to make your own sugared fruit um, and so Queen Charlotte is actually credited with bringing the Christmas tree tradition to England. Um, her tree was a yew tree, but she decorated with, you know, fruit and, and nuts. And then Queen Victoria. Actually, introduced the fir trees that we now know as Christmas trees. And Queen Victoria was really into Christmas, and um, actually read somewhere that she would decorate her tree with almonds and raisins and wrapped candies. Now, I don't. <laughs> of course, the first thing that comes to my mind is like trying to string an almond on thread, you know, and I'm like, how do you do that? I mean, obviously, I have no idea how she incorporated well, the. Victoria almonds.
0: doesn't know either because she wasn't doing it. I promise you. <laughs> One of (laughs) her household staff was doing it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you could at least have like little uh, bowls of almonds, you know, at your house if you have a party or have people over and um, just thinking of creative ways to kind of incorporate food into your decor. Um, Also, you know, you could look at doing a kid's tree. And I know the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge usually have a kid's tree set up at their home for George and Charlotte and Louis, Um, with with twinkle lights and and all the fun stuff for the kids so that's definitely a fun way to get the kids in the spirit as well was there anything on on that list Rachel that feels like your style when it comes to Christmas decor yeah so I I love garlic and
0: a good poinsettia for Christmas right like you I just can't can't do Christmas without a poinsettia and I love flowers I just think they set the mood so well. They're beautiful and they smell good. And so, and, and you can't have, I, I personally prefer white lights. So there's people out there that love and, and, you know and when I, when I purchase my forever home, I hope to have a tree. The, the main tree will have white lights but colored lights are fine too. Um, I just love the look, the crisp look of of a white light on a Christmas tree. It's beautiful to me. It's so classic. It is, yeah, it really is. So, I mean, I would do all of these things, and um, and I tend, you know, I tend to be more of a silver person than gold, but it's Christmas, and. So go, go out and go all out and just, you know, it's not too late. It's December 9th when this episode comes out. So if you, even if you haven't done it yet, it's not too late. Have some fun. I mean, my gosh, we're at our homes all the time now. So you might as well make it really festive and beautiful. So these are some great tips. I know you'll put this information in the show notes so that our listeners can replicate.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, And and I agree with you. I think I could see myself doing all of these. There are some that I try to already do. I'm a really big fan of velvet. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's so pretty. And then what, you know, I've never actually decorated with the sugared fruits, but I'm very intrigued by this and really want to try it. It's Sort of, you know, it sort of reminds me of like the nutcracker for some reason,
0: which is something, you know, you and I went to the nutcracker last year that seems like a lifetime ago, but that is a Christmas tradition that I will miss from my family as we go every year, since I was a little girl and um, I love anything that reminds me of the nutcracker.
1: Yeah, definitely. I know I thought about that today and how we went last year and I guess we're on pause this year, but uh, maybe we can resume that.
0: We'll it back up next year.
1: Yeah, for sure. So that wraps up my list of of how to celebrate the Christmas season like a royal. And I hope you feel inspired by that and maybe can incorporate at least a few of them into your own um, Christmas decor in your house. Um, So the final segment for today is Something sort of goofy and fun. (laughs) This is so funny. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm introducing a new segment, and we won't do this every episode, but as we come across (laughs) something that kind of falls into this category, we'll do it. Um, I'm calling it What the Royal, (laughs) and this segment is all about things members of the royal family do that either give us a laugh or make us raise an eyebrow and say what the Royal? <laughs> so the What the Royal award today goes to Fergie. Yes. Um, I recently, I'm it sorry, reached out because I told her it. about this. I'm picturing <laughs> this in my mind. And if you have not
0: seen this listeners, you've got to go look at it <laughs> because it's so weird.
1: <laughs> so I came across Sarah Ferguson's latest venture um, on Instagram. And if you have not already discovered this, it's called Storytime with Fergie. So I guess at some point she decided, I don't know if she was bored or or what, but she decided (laughs) to create this Instagram account dedicated to reading stories every day for kids to tune into and listen. And I will say I applaud her for that. I know right now with kids either you know, social distancing or, or distance learning and, and kind of being locked down and not able to, to do much, they may be looking for an outlet online where they can learn or- and I love
0: reading motivation. and I will always promote reading, so.
1: Right, right, yeah, and, and some good entertainment. Um, but let me tell you what, this definitely makes me laugh. And I mean, it, it's definitely goofy, I guess is that how is to- very kind way to put it it's very (laughs) weird (laughs) so in one session Fergie reads a book about a peach who is a dancer Um, but I did notice the fruit characters in the book are quite scantily clad Uh, one of them has extremely long legs with tights and garter belts uh, so that was that was really interesting and gave me a laugh. Uh, Fergie really gets into it. She dresses up in costume and puts these backdrops up at her house. Um, and, and I saw another session today where she actually made homemade snow globes, but honestly, Rachel, she mostly just made a mess. I mean, she <laughs> had super glue. She was spilling the liquid out of the jam jar and trying to shake it up with glitter. And I mean, I'm just sitting here wondering who is behind the camera helping her produce. Right, all this. Like,
0: right, right. You know, <laughs> the world needs more Fergie. I think she is so funny. She's so quirky. She is so totally herself. And I'm here for it. I love it. So what the royal, but keep, keep on, keeping on Fergie.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm here for it too. I support her. Um, I enjoy a good laugh anyway. So if you're looking for something new to follow in the royal family, go check out Storytime with Fergie. Nice first what the royal. I mean, we've got <laughs> oodles to choose from, so we'll- well, I can't wait to see what you choose next for the next What the Royal. Yeah, so that um, that wraps it up for me. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed that. Well, you know what? If I wasn't in the Christmas spirit before, I'm in the Christmas
0: spirit now. So I hope the same for all of you. Thank you so much for tuning into episode three of Podcast Royal. Mm-hmm. We are just getting started on this journey together. So make sure to follow us on Instagram at Podcast Royal. Email us at hellopodcastroyal at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. We'll see you next week. And get into that Christmas spirit. And Merry Early Christmas to all. Bye. Bye.